Welcome to Day 80 of Shaped by the Word, uh, and we are in our third season, and uh, we're looking at the prophets. Uh, of course, it's the in the back part of our Old Testament, and uh, as we struggle through Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and uh, you know those long list of king, kings' names and chronicles and the pupils you know uh, that are listed there. Uh, and we get to the prophets a lot of times we, we already I mean, we're, a lot of times we just never even get there but what a rich source of you know deep theological truth and, and by that I mean they, they give us just such a clear vision of God's heart who he is uh, the fact that he is a just God who will and a punish sin but he's a gracious God whose more compelling impulse is to gather his people and restore them even in the midst of their rebellion and sin and, and so you have this you know this almost plaintive in a note you know to the prophets where uh you know you saw it in isaiah chapter 5 where god said i've built a lovely vineyard i've built the high walls and the presses and picked the choices of vines and you know the trellises and built them up and and yet uh, they bear no fruit tell me what more can i do you know for my vineyard And, and so you see god acting in judgment and then also God acting in grace to restore. So we come back to another in the tapestry of Isaiah chapter 34, uh, you know, another pronouncement of judgment, on this time on the enemies of Israel. So Isaiah chapter 34. Uh, before we read, uh, we say it every day, and, and I hope you know, it, it doesn't you know, get you know, too redundant. What, what a moment this is. I mean, how precious it is. Uh, you know that God has written, as it were, you know, a love letter to us, uh, revealing His heart, revealing His character, calling us into His presence to know Him and to be transformed by His grace, giving us a vision of everything He created us to be and everything He's redeemed us to be, and He, by His Spirit, uh, causes His Word, you know, to be alive in our hearts and by the Spirit that dwells in us. Uh, and he causes his eyes to be you know, transformed and renewed by that word. So it's a, such an incredible privilege to come into his presence. And our hope should be we never, we never walk away you know, unchanged, that it's never just a, you know, an exercise and, uh, or a discipline, but uh, a moment with the living God. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your invitation into your presence. We see images throughout Scripture, how you create a lush garden and invite us to walk with you in the cool of the day, how you uh, carried Israel as a mother eagle would carry, you know, her, 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 young, you know, her young chicks on her wings, and how you led them by the hand. And, and Father, we thank you for uh, your tenderness in our life, but we also thank you that you are a fierce warrior, and we thank you that you hate that which destroys us, and, and you call us away from it. And so, Father, as we continue to read, um, show us your heart. Stir our affections. Uh, cause us, as we talked about yesterday, to, to long for you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 34, Come near you nations and listen. Pay attention, you peoples. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all that comes out of it, the Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on all their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter. Their slain will be thrown out. Their dead bodies will stink. The mountains will be soaked with their blood. All the stars in the sky will be dissolved, and the heavens rolled up like a scroll, and starry host will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled frigs from the fig tree. 
My sword has drunk its fill in the heavens. See, it descends, it's on, it descends in judgment on Edom, the people I've totally destroyed. The sword of the Lord is bathed in blood, is covered with fat, the blood of lambs and goats, fat from kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. And the wild oxen will fall with them, the bull and the calves and the great bulls. Their land will be drenched with its blood and dust will be soaked with fat. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of retribution to uphold Zion's cause. Edom's streams will be turned into pitch, her dust into burning sulfur. Her land will become blazing pitch. It will not be quenched night or day. Its smoke will rise forever from generation to generation. Like des- desolate, no one will ever pass through it again. The desert owl and the screech owl will possess it. The great owl and the raven uh, will not uh, will nest there. God will stretch out over Edom the measuring line of chaos and the plumb line of desolation. Her nobles will have nothing there to be called a kingdom, and her princes will vanish away. Thorns will overrun her citadels, nettles, and brambles, her strongholds. She will become a haunt for jackals, a home for owls. Desert creatures will meet uh, with hyenas, and wild goats will bleat to each other. There the night creatures will also lie down and find for themselves places of rest. The owl will nest there and lay eggs. She will hatch them and care for her young under the shadow of her wings. There also the falcons will gather, each with its mate. Look in the scroll of the Lord and read. None of these will be missing. Not one will lack their mate. For it is the mouth that is given, uh, for it is his mouth that is given the order, and his spirit will gather them together. He allots their portions, his hand distributes them by measure. They will possess it forever and dwell there from generation to generation. My goodness, <laughs> what an, uh, incredible images. Uh, Isaiah evidently was a. Uh, Acquainted with the wild places and the goats bleeding to each other, <laughs> and owls in their nest, and all all of these things. What incredible, you know, what incredible imageries. Edom is, you know, one particular. You know, Edom, of course. Uh, this this is, uh, you know, this is uh, the descendants of Esau. So these are these are blood relatives of of Israel, and, and yet there was, you know, even from the time of, you know, uh, even from the time of Esau, you know, this intense jealousy and this intense, you know, warfare, and it's only over the years increased. And Edom is not nearly, you know, one of the more threatening neighbors they have, but one that had, you know, more, you know, more vehement hate for Israel than the nations around them, and they would bring that hate to bear. You know, as the other nations, you know, pass through, and so it's more than just, you know, conquering territory and taking plunder. It's a, it's this deep, deep, you know, hatred. You know that uh, obviously still exists today. You know, even uh, in uh, in the Middle East, and uh, here God is showing His tenderness to us. You know, in the last chapter, as He calls us to His people, but also His, you know, this is His. His defense of us it is kind of you know, it just has the feel of you know of a parent defending their child you know against you know the threat around them and uh, so you see his fierce anger and so you see his sword flashing throughout the nations but it happens to land right there in Edom what an image yeah. that is but it's it's interesting because in that Jacob Esau story you know, God says the older will serve the younger, and that's kind of the, like the sovereign will of God is that mm, the reversal. Edom should be a people who serves God's people, 
Yeah, and yet you do see this constant kind of yeah. reversal where Edom is rather than serving the younger brother is one of the to, yeah. to overthrow the and so here, you know, who is it? It's God pronouncing. I mean, all the nations are meant to hear this, and this pronouncement upon Edom is a pronouncement that you've gone against me. It's not just against my people, but you know, I'm so associated with my people to go mm-hmm. against them is to go against me. And and God taking up the cause of his people in his name, you know, in in the pronouncement of this judgment. So I mean that Knowing a little bit of the history is helpful, you know, as you've kind of unpacked it for us. And my goodness, I don't want to be on the side of God's judgment, right? He is. It's no. so intense to read some of these things, and obviously the imagery is, is you know, very vivid. detailed and vivid. Yeah, I mean, that his sword is drank its fill and that, you know, it's bathed in blood, covered with fat. You know, just this is a, a God who does bring judgment, but... Also, God that brings grace and mercy, but He is a God that brings judgment. No, and, and of course, you know whatever the images are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and whatever the you know, reality of earthly judgment is, it's not nearly as as bitter as eternal separation, you know, from all that's good and all that's beautiful and all that is you know gracious and and the, the person of the living God. And of course, Jesus' message, you know, to Israel that many would be cast outside and there would be just gnashing of teeth because they've missed you know, the grace of God. So there is, you know, the theme of judgment. We probably ought to also say that uh, the New Testament will remind us on several occasions that, uh, you know, this kind of vengeance is not ours, you know, to take on our enemy, but vengeance belongs to the Lord, uh, and we trust him with it in his time and his way. He is one who, uh, and even Paul's, you know, gentle counsel, I don't know if Paul ever offered general counsel, but <laughs> even you know his counsel, you know, you know, in your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger. For us, it's hard to hard to manage, you know, and manage our emotions and our anger, you know, as we, you know, try to exact revenge. And, and so that's something the Lord, you know, gently asks us, you know, to leave in His hands mm-hmm. uh, for Him to execute in His time and the way according to His righteousness, even though it astounds us. Mm-hmm. We realize that in all of his ways he is just, and all of his ways he is righteous. And that speaks to how we live today, um, knowing that he is a, a just God, and he it, the vengeance is his and not ours. Um, you know, I, was, I just started that Tim Keller Forgive book um, this morning, mm-hmm. and so it's fresh on my mind. But um, how it, it's very countercultural for us to be a forgiving people. Um, and he was talking, um, and what I read today about how, um, when we have a culture of forgiveness that can, some people take that as that's allowing the abuser to get off the hook and, um, can create a culture of abusers getting off the hook. Right. And, but that's not in our, with our Christian worldview, we can trust in a God who will execute judgment rightly and so we don't have to we we are free to forgive because he is going to execute judgment and he is going to there there will be justice and um we have not only that but we have been forgiven and so we get to offer the forgiveness that we've been forgiven i so i look at this this vengeance being the lord's and i say praise god that it is the lord's and it's not mine um, to execute and that I, I can be free to forgive as I've been forgiven. Um, but yeah, that's, that's stuff that's, that God's kind of doing in my heart and head, but it's good. No, it is, it is deeply good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
And it is, you know, it, and it, it, it completes our portrait of, you know, who God is. He, you know, he, he has you know, something we don't fully understand, uh, you know, a white hot hatred, you know, for sin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for us, we, we, we're used to living with our sin, excusing our sin, and even laughing about our sin. Uh, and, and God you know, just doesn't really join in the joke, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, on that part. He hates that which destroys what He has created us for, and it's, it's His jealousy as a, you know, as a as a father. It's His jealousy as a lover, you know, that calls us out of it and calls us, you know, to something that is far greater. Uh, David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And what a beautiful vision you have given us in calling us to something far greater. Um, we do ask that through your spirit you would be at work to help us to live as your people, uh, to be a people who extend um, the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace we've been given to others as we uh, put our faith in you and trust in you that you will make all things right. Um, but we not have to be the people that make all things right now but maybe the people that extend um, in so many ways all that we've received in Christ Jesus um, to those within the church those outside the church um, in order that you'd be glorified and that people would see that turn to you and know the grace and forgiveness um, that we've received Father we love you pray us all in the name of Jesus Amen